I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's time for Kicked Back. Liam, Caroline, Brett here with you guys, and we're just going to get right into it. Uh, but wait, actually, first thing, because you told me you have a Bolton story. I feel like <laughs> yes. now every episode of Kickback has to start with a Bolton story. With a Bolton story. Go ahead. There's always something to come out of this team. So we played Forest Green on Tuesday or Wednesday. I think okay. it was, whatever it was. Uh, Tuesday, yeah. So Forest Green are last in League One and Bolton, I think, a fifth or whatever. So 10 minutes or so into the game, Dion Charles, not even facing the net, back here like goal. Unbelievable. 10 minutes later, he gets mistakenly sent off. So ball is like on the wing or whatever. And the linesman just starts flagging it. So then all of a sudden everyone's like, what's going on? And then when you look on the back post, Ilias Kachunga, who's one of our like wing strike or whatever, punches his defender in the gut. Like literally like he grabs like a legit. Oh yeah. Like he like full swing into this guy's gut. The guy didn't even go down. So he mustn't have punched very hard, but he's like very clear what had happened. So on the replay, you see that and you're like, okay, linesman's clearly seen it. See you later. Kachunga. Next thing you know, the referee walks right past Kachunga and gives a red card to Dion Charles, who was like seven seven feet or so in front of Kachunga, and he got a red card in the game, that, and he didn't do anything wrong. Was there not VAR? There's no, no VAR in League One, so there was no way to overrule it. it was Could he t- not go talk to his buddy on the line? The, so, yeah. So, basically, it got, <laughs> over, mean- it got overturned today, so that it's... It was, I mean, it was very obvious what had happened. Oh so, God. today, it got rescinded that now Charles isn't suspended. So, it's a three-game suspension. So, Charles isn't suspended, and Kinchunga, deservedly so, that was a three-game suspension. But that's the thing, too. So, the ref didn't see it. Like, in to, his, to the ref's defense, he was going off what the linesman had told him. So, the linesman had completely called out the wrong player, which is nuts because, so it was basically like Kachunga was on the back post. Charles was kind of like between the penalty box and the front post. So they were like a fair distance away. And the size difference is quite staggering. Like Charles is about probably like six, one, six, two, maybe around there. Like he's a striker and Kachunga is just like this tiny winger. He's like five foot eight, five foot nine. And what minute of the game was this in? Like 26. Oh shit. So it really had an impact. Oh, yeah. Did you guys end up losing? No, we won. We won oh, one that's, real, that's a flex. Yeah, it was. This whole situation's but a flex. I wonder if I can pull it up really quickly, but it's just like, <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. I couldn't believe it when I saw Damn. it because I, everyone on Twitter was, oh, you got it? Okay, so watch yeah, him on the back post. Oh, yeah, rewind it there. So it's this gentleman right here. This is the guy who got sent off. 
So boom, full on punch guy goes down and then eventually gets blown dead. I think when he goes back here. Oh, and then, yeah. So he doesn't show Damn. the rev, but like you can clearly see he punched him. Of course. So yeah, it, it uh, look, it obviously had an impact on the game, but luckily not the result and Bolton got three points, but it's like, man, also Kachunga, what are you doing? Why are you punching this guy? Like show some discipline, man. Oh. So this comes after. Kachunga used to actually play in the Premier League for Huddersfield. And so this comes after we just sold Dapo, who was like one of our starting players. Yeah. Our other starting striker just went down and we sold our other striker to Forest Green. So he's basically Kachunga and Charles now is like the experienced players in the lineup. And we've got a couple other players on low and like the United guy and guy from Southampton. And then you come out and punch somebody like, come on. That's so, nuts. Yeah, that's crazy. crazy. That's But it's also crazy that you guys... At the 26th minute when that happened, you played a man down for the majority of the game. And yeah, won. yeah, it was. Uh, they just basically just played structurally, I guess. Like usually Bolton try and play. They like fluid and like kind of fun, attractive football. And yeah, they just buckled down and just countered. And it was, yeah, they won. But it was just like, so I didn't watch the game live. And then yeah, I was reading Twitter and it's like, it was so, like the ref got it wrong. All this stuff I was like, what is happening? And I saw this like really blurry video and I was like, holy smokes. Like this is League One football at its finest, its finest. You know what? I love when there's a little bit of spice and sauce in football. Like remember when we were talking about the kukureya and the hair pull yeah, and all that? Yeah. Like obviously I don't condone that. I don't ever want to see that happen. <laughs> but it's interesting when these moments happen and the referees get it wrong or V. AR gets it wrong. Um, it just adds a little something, something to the game. Yeah, a little spice, like you it said. Good time of spice. Yeah. You <laughs> Listen, guys. As an AC Milan fan, I don't have any room to talk about how anyone else's team is doing right now because we just got bodied by Lazio for nothing. And I pray that the Champions League is a different ball game. And thankfully, we're going up against a Tottenham team is that's literally <laughs> yeah. a one man band right now with Harry Kane. It's interesting that the the Champions yeah. League matchup now because these are two teams that really kind of need that W. Big, so yeah. I'm very curious now to see how this pans out. I don't. I still think AC Milan's going to win, but I'm not as confident as I was prior to the World Cup. Well, it's kind of funny now too because we were talking on the last show how like what is Harry Kane going to do and all this stuff, and I think it was literally the next day or maybe it was like when they played Fulham, whatever day that was, he like opened up that morning as like yeah I'm open to discussions and I want to extend with Tottenham, which like credit to him because he clearly believes in whatever they're doing but it's just insane that that is happening but yeah like who which one are we talking about AC Milan it's, yeah how, how AC yeah. just it's just falling apart uh, yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know I don't know if it's like they're gassed right now uh it's just yeah they lost to Inter yeah that three nothing game they lost to Lazio and these are just games that again three nothing four nothing like they sh that shouldn't be happening and against Tottenham's a team that let's say they have good players and let's say that those strikers those players show up in the Champions League we're in trouble if we're letting in four goals in the back of our net against Lazio so yeah. I we'll get into Juventus in a second it's just I, I just want to put it out there uh that as a Milan fan, I know what we're dealing with. Uh, and I definitely need to see that team pick it up because the standard and expectation of a team who won the Scudetto last season and who's in the round of 16 in the Champions League is to be performing better. No excuses at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and you're hundred percent right. I think they're missing a goalie in a massive way, but also it's not like they're losing these games four three and the goalies are exactly. letting them down. Like they're literally not scoring goals, which is just kind of, 
kind of nuts for a team like Casey Milan with as much firepower yeah. have they, they have. Like we just saw Giroud have a great World Cup. Rafael Leao, like a promising player. Obviously, there's a bunch of other guys there yeah. too. And it's just how are you how are you here now? And what it what it's done is essentially just give Napoli a bigger gap at the top of the Serie A. And now they're like, I think Napoli is 50 points now and AC Milan's at like 38, 39. It's so it's like doing. the gap is just gone. Yeah, Napoli's just taken off. So, but yeah, Serie A is definitely a, uh, it's a fun league. I love Serie A. Like it's just, just it's, people say the Premier League, like teams can win on any given day. And like, I, I do believe that, but also Serie A is, Solely getting that reputation back as well. And it's like a 10 team league now. It's kind of nuts. Oh, yeah. We used to talk on this podcast about how when we were younger, that was the It League. That Mm. was bigger than the Premier League at some point. And that's why I fell in love with AC Milan because every Sunday was dedicated to every Serie A game. But it's interesting now because when I was growing up, Juventus, who, of course, back in the day, it was like Juve, um, Inter, AC. Uh, Juventus was relegated because they were cheating, right? A bunch yeah. of cheaters over there in uh, at the Juventus football club. And now, now we're seeing the craziest headlines. And Juve has been through kind of this shit storm this season, right? Like yeah. we saw them lose to Maccabi Haifa in the Champions League. They gave Monza their first ever Serie A win. And I'm like, bro, they're, at, they're eighth in Serie A there's no firepower behind this team that can kind of get them out of this rut, but they figured it out after the world cup, they're third, they got Mm -hmm. into third place. And I'm like, what happened? They were, hold on. I have this written down. Um, Juve went eight games without conceding a goal. And then they conceded five to Napoli and then now three to Atlanta or Atalanta. Um, and you think like at that point it can't get any worse deducted 15 points over the capital gains investigation into alleged false accounting and transfer dealings. So that dropped them from third to 10th place in the standings. Like what the hell is happening there? Poor Juventus fans and poor players, specifically Di Maria, because this guy, I love him. He deserves more. He had a hell of a world cup final. And like, it just sucks to see him probably in like the later years of his career now at a club that it's not the player's fault. Just in shambles. Yeah. And when you get to this point too, it's tough to regain that reputation back. Like they just kind of had, and then everything just resurfaced again. There's so many layers to it. Like we were talking off it right before the show. Like there's all these players like on this list who have like deferred money or like old money. Like I honestly don't fully understand it, but I know it's, it's basically like, they lied. Tax evasion. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Ronaldo was on the list too. Well, sorry, their old manager, Chiellini, who is still with LAFC, I think. Right. Yeah. MLS legend. Uh, the baller. <laughs> like, it's just kind of crazy. The guys on this list. And here's my question though. Is the pun, should the punishment have been laid out right now or should they have started next season? Minus 15. Like, I feel like that's more of a, like, cause now it's like, okay, well we have our momentum to keep going and everything like that. Like we're winning games. Like you said, they were kind of, kind of on a good roll there for a while, but now they're just down in 10th. There's still a like European opportunity for them to like, if they can get some wins going until the end of the season, but you start the minus 15 bottom of Serie A next season. Like I feel like that's way more harsh for a team that has yeah. already cheated so heavily in the past you literally relegated them. Yeah, no, I, I think that that would make sense too. I think the punishment of going from third to 10th after them working so yeah. hard to get up into that third place spot must be gut wrenching for those players. Yeah. So they're at 23 points right now in 10th. <laughs> and 
Atlanta, who is in sixth, and that would be the Europa Conference League spot, I believe, has 35. So they've definitely got some ground to have to make up there, but they definitely have the quality to go and do they it. Do. But at this point, I don't want any to see any success with them, which well, sucks because like you can't just cheat your way through football. You can't. Like, and it's crazy. We were talking about that. We watched Nedved play for Juve yeah. and get relegated. And here he is in this whole mess, which again, I'm not super informed in the tax evasion world but Mm -hmm. you know fabrizio romano tweeted out that he could potentially face some type of prison time and that's crazy to think about right like what might be going on there behind the scenes and we've seen this happen with juventus before and i'm sure many other clubs in the world but it's just it's not right and at the end of the day it really affects these footballers like mckinney apparently just accepted a leeds proposal and might be on his way to leeds so it's just i feel bad for these footballers who have worked hard to get where they were in Serie A. they were in a champions league spot god knows they probably would have held on to it and now they're in the mid table so if i were a footballer there i'd want to get out too like enough like get out and and let Juve and management and the corruption deal with their mess and then you know the players deserve more yeah i agree if i was a player in that situation too i'd probably be looking for a different option peace out um <laughs> it's funny that mckinney's going to uh leeds leeds united states of america uh, <laughs> right <I know. laughs> like they have just just taken over the premier league with all these american players i mean it's good to see them on the next level but i, I was just looking actually when um when Juventus got relegated, these were like some of the players that stuck around to play in Serie B. Like, it's no wonder they absolutely wipe, wipe that league. Buffon, Chiellini, Del Piero, Nedved, uh, Marquinhos, Camerinesi, Trezeguet. Oh, Trezeguet. He was sick. Uh, it was another one on this list. It was one more. Where, oh, Giovinco. He was kind of like a young guy no. then, but he was like coming through and everything, but he was on that team. It's crazy to think how stacked... Sadia A was back in the day. Yeah. I mean, just half those names I read off, right? And like some guys say... Like even think about Inter. Like Adriano was at Inter. Like all these guys are just coming back to my head. It was such a good time to watch football. So a few guys they sold because obviously they weren't in Syria. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Yes. You may have heard of him. Uh, (laughs) Patrick Vieira. Yes. Fabio Cannavaro. Lillian Turan. Uh, Zambrotta and these uh, like Adrian Mutu as well. Like, it's funny, like these guys didn't just like go to any clubs. Like Ibrahimovic and Vieira both went to Inter. Cannavaro went to Real Madrid. Um, Taran and Zambrotta both went to Barcelona. Like it's like these guys are like huge names in the game back then, and they were right. all on this team. And yeah, I can't even remember like exactly what happened. I I think it might have been a money thing again back then. Probably I can't remember, but I remember them because it was all the Syria teams that too that were in trouble for it. So yeah, Italian football can get itself in a pickle once no, again. It's, it's crazy. It was crazy when I saw all of that come out. Actually, my dad's the one who called me. And he's like do you are you seeing all the news about juve and i'm like what that they're you know found found a way to you know get back into the top five of mm-hmm. the of the table and he's like no like there's fraud I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> like what else can we expect right now with juventus this season there's just been wild 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 and i feel for their football fan base too because it's just blindsided by random things yeah i'm sorry i forgot they had won the Serie A the year before they got relegated. And then that's it. That was, yeah. that's what made it so, I think dramatic back in the day. 
Is that was like, yeah, they yeah. won and got stripped of the, <laughs> of the title. So I wonder if that was ever given to anybody that year or if it was just nobody. Oh, it was given to, oh no, the, I don't know. I'll look into it later. But yeah. Love Syria, it. Yeah. keep doing what you're doing. And keep watching, guys. <laughs> keep watching. Okay, Mbappe, five goals in one game. <laughs> Uh, obviously, PSG winning the French Cup 7-0 against Pays de Cassel. I believe I pronounced that properly with the emphasis on the L at the end. A sixth tier team. Uh, so obviously a game that PSG should have won. Yep. But Mbappe, like the baller he is, becomes the first PSG player in the history of the club to score five goals in one game. Thoughts, Liam and Brett? He is a... He's a pretty good football player. Pretty decent. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm surprised they even played him, to be honest. Like, he's just come through the World Cup, and then you go and play him against his sixth division team, he said, right? Like, yeah. It was kind of odd, but I mean, yeah, I'm pretty elite player. He's kind of got everything you want in a in a football player, to be honest. So, yeah, I don't know. There's not, like, a ton else to say because he just does it every yeah. week, right? Like, he's pretty good. Go ahead, Brad. Brad. Fun fact on Foot Mob, because we all love our match ratings. Oh my God, please tell me they rated him like a six. Five goals, a 9.8. Wow. Not a 10. <laughs> Don't what know what you have to he, do What for else 10. could he have done? That's a fantastic question. And then I, I, I'm trying to find, I'm looking at our favorite uh, um, page, One Football, trying to find his uh, rating as well, because I can't imagine it would be better than Foot Mobs. On. Um, this page they don't even give him a rating so yeah, there you go i think he's fantastic do you guys okay in your opinion who's the best footballer in the world right now i asked this to my social media followers i'm not I saying saw, i saw this question greatest actually. of all time not greatest of all time We're, mm-hmm. we don't need to get into that debate that's like a different conversation but right now today on january 26th at 10 22 a.m mountain time Who's the number one footballer in the world? I think it's Messi. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Messi. He just like went through the World Cup, tore it up. And Mbappe did the same, but also he did kind of one off game. I found like I thought the England game, it wasn't fantastic. Okay. When Messi was kind of great throughout. And yeah, I think Mbappe will one day, probably even this year or at one point, I'll be like, yeah, you're the best now. But I think right now I'm going to stick with okay. Messi. Respect. Uh, I think skill-wise, it is Mbappe. On pedigree, it would be messy. But I think every time you see Mbappe go out there, he does something f- uh, that somebody else or nobody else has ever yeah. done before. So I'm going Mbappe. So I had so many people say that him scoring five goals in one game is not impressive because of the opponent and the club that they played didn't even have a logo, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but to anyone, to anyone who's played football, we all know in any kind of competitive match, unless you're playing like house league, indoor recreational football, it's mm. not easy to score five goals in one game. No. Neymar, I believe Neymar and Mbappe both played 90 minutes. So if it was so easy, you know, maybe Neymar would have had a hat trick or Neymar would have gotten that many goals. So I just think like in the context of the last couple of months Mbappe winning that golden boot eight goals in the world cup tournament four goals in a world cup final against Martinez essentially put 
France on his entire back. And then people will argue, oh, but he had three penalties. To me, it's a bigger flex. He scored three penalties on the same goalie on the biggest stage. Like, honestly, that's the biggest mm-hmm. flex of the entire tournament for Mbappe. And then he comes out of it where a lot of players are gassed. We're seeing Giroud gassed a little, Neymar a little. A lot of these guys who played a while in the tournament are feeling it. And Mbappe's coming out and scoring five goals. I'm just yeah. like, this guy's, it's so fun to watch him play. And I didn't feel like this about him prior to the World Cup because I was so kind of entrenched in all the drama and headlines that he was in. And I still think that like it's it's interesting how he navigates that portion of his career. But if we're strictly talking football and how much fun he has has on the field, like I, I can't root for him any more than I am right now. And also just completely unbiased because I do think Messi was the MVP of the World Cup and I'm not discrediting that. But right now, collectively as a skill set for Mbappe, everything he brings to the game, I don't think there's a footballer in the world who can do what he does with as much power and quality and fear. Like, think about it, you know, Mm. Liam, before the England game, France versus England, such a massive matchup between two great footballing countries at that World Cup with an immense amount of talent. That whole conversation became about how do we stop Mbappe and Kyle Walker's the only one to do it. Yeah, that was the the biggest headline yeah. and then when in the game it wasn't even like that relevant to be honest the whole time honestly it's funny. true like, yeah but yeah like i completely agree with everything you said like he he just has that that poise about him right where it's like oh yeah like this Mbappe is playing today and we've seen plenty of players come through and have that same one like messi ronaldo yeah. obviously and like Mbappe is in that same group as well i just i'm just sticking on the side of messi because of, of recency bias i guess but yeah like i said i think Mbappe. He's right up there. Like, but does that do you got something? Yeah, I do. I, I'm sorry. I I don't want the United bias to show. There we go. And maybe just maybe this is recent form. But can I make a caveat for Marcus Rashford right now? You can say whatever you want on this podcast. But I will not agree. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus Rashford is playing at elite level. Yeah. I, he does not pose the same threat as what Mbappe does. He's just not. He's just not on the same level, but he's been unbelievable. He's arguably the most informed player in the world right now. He has scored in every single game coming back from the World Cup besides yeah. Crystal Palace. So he has been, he's been elite and he's been Marcus Rashford that we kind of thought was going to be him. But yeah, I just don't think Rashford, he's probably in that B group for me. He's not in that upper echelon of players yet. But I have a question and I've seen this one like swirling around a lot and I don't really understand why. But people are now asking, I think if I saw this on your podcast, Brett, I'm going to call you out on this. People are asking if City are better without this. Erling Haaland. I heard this. I, do, I don't get it. He just scored a hat-trick and they won 3-0. Okay. If it's so easy to score goals on City, with, uh, if you're on City, then why did like so many other players before like, struggle to do it? I know Aguero was obviously elite there, but like, there's been nobody since Aguero to come and do what Haaland does. What's he have now? 25 goals in a Premier League? 25 goals with 18 games left. Come on. I'm going to pull up all these stats because I made a video on this. This guy's nuts right now. Yeah, I just don't get it. I just don't see why we're against him so much. Okay, Brett, give us your take on this. So are they a better team or are they just better with him? Because there's a difference between having the team be better and difference and, and winning actual matches. He can go out there and, and uh, exactly, you can have Jesse Lingard throw balls into him in the middle of the box and he's going to put goals in. It doesn't matter. But 
the organization of the team and when he's in, like, look at the game against United. Look at how easy it was for United to just not even pick him out. I don't think he even had a touch until the 25th minute. And then he didn't have a touch in the box until like the 80th minute. And it was by then it was too late. So now you're sitting there going, okay, obviously anybody on city are just going to toss the ball to, to Holland. And especially against teams like crystal palace and all this, that eventually they're going to break down and they're going to allow a goal two, three, yeah. possibly even four on uh, f- f- with Holland. But I think the organization as a team, especially over the last couple of years without an actual number nine has made them a better team. Now they have a number nine. They go, Okay, well, remember all these things we were playing with before? Forget about it. So I think now now we're seeing the the fruits of said labor with Arsenal in first place and continually being in first place and not faltering. So I hear what you're saying. I think Arsenal, whatever, you know, Arteta's putting in their cereal in the morning has powered through in this Premier League, right? I think that they're on another level. And I think you can't discredit what Arsenal has done just because City's behind them. But I think that selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There, there, there will be like this period of time where City probably has to adjust with now having this number nine role, but I have a hard time arguing that City's less than they were because of a guy who has now scored his fourth Premier League hat trick. And like, for example, this stat, it took Suarez 81 Premier League appearances to score for four hat tricks. Holland's done it in 19. Yeah. This guy's come in and his, in his debut season 
already has 25 goals with 18 games left. And that has passed the golden boot total that was set by Salah and Sun last season. Like this guy's a monster. And I made a video about this. You know, everyone's like tap in merchant, tap in merchant. Who gives a shit how he scores a goal? The golden boot's not going to ask Holland. Hey, how'd you score the Champions League title or a Champions League final, which is potentially on the horizon for City, isn't going to ask Holland. How do you score your goals? City knows how to KDB and anyone on that team knows how to deliver a ball to Holland. And all I care about at the end of the day is, is City winning? And is Holland, who has a number nine, his job's to score, is he scoring? And he is. And we've seen City multiple times in this season come back from being down. And I think that this is, you can argue why this team is so good Mm -hmm. this season. Yeah, they're not at the top of the Premier League table, but we can't discredit what Arsenal has done because, again, they found another level. Uh, the game against Tottenham stands out in my mind. You know, Holland scored that second goal in the second half. He's a game changer, in my opinion. And I think that, yep. like I said this at the beginning of the season, Kevin De Bruyne and Pep go to sleep saying, thank you, you know, Viking <laughs> football gods for bringing Holland here. And I think that when it starts getting to the nitty gritty games towards the end of the Prem and also into the Champions League, we're really going to see what what Holland brings to the city team. Yeah, I just, I don't know, just for the argument of, oh, well, all they do is put the ball into one of the best strikers in the world. Like, wouldn't feels, you? I feel like I would do exactly the same. <laughs> um, they don't ask how, they ask how many. And my response would be 25. Like, I just don't see the argument at all against him. He has scored so many like game-winning goals. To me, he's in a similar category as Mbappe. He doesn't obviously have like everything Mbappe has, but when he's on the pitch, you notice him. You're exactly. like, we got to take this guy out of the game. And by doing that, it opens up space for other players mm-hmm. around them too, which I would say makes the team better. I just think when you bring in a striker like him, who's so unique, you obviously have adjustments to make. Exactly. But I don't think people were making a similar argument when Robert Lewandowski went to Barcelona and all he does is score goals too. And nobody's really ever said anything negative about him, but because Holland's in the Premier League on a team in City, a lot of people don't like because they got all this money. He's not as good as he actually is. Like, I just don't understand the argument. For me, he's been the best player in the league because scoring goals is the hardest thing to do in football. If it was so easy, everyone would have 30 goals a season. So... I just don't see it. Like I saw an argument yesterday. He's like, he's similar to Ivan, Tony and um, Mitrovic. What? No, not even close. Yeah. If, he were, if he was, if they were anywhere close to his level, they would be on city. So I just don't see I just, I am a hundred percent against the argument of Holland is making city worse. Football fans are so funny because I'm sitting back and I'm like, we are so lucky. We've, I grew up Messi and Ronaldo, the comparisons between the two, which one's the goat. And now there's this natural transition into Holland and Mbappe. And it's been very authentic and organic, right? Like we saw Mbappe have an unbelievable world cup and everyone's talking about him. And now now Holland is scoring his fourth hat trick in the Premier League and doing some crazy stuff in his debut season. So that conversation has now naturally shifted Mm -hmm. into what we're going to see into the next generation of football, who the greats are probably going to be and what the conversation is going to be like. But instead of just appreciating it and letting it happen, everyone's trying to find ways to make Holland 
almost not give him the credit yeah. he deserves. Or in the same thing with Mbappe. And I'm like, how are we arguing against this? Because if Messi right now had 20, 25 goals, we wouldn't be saying he makes the team worse. Well, God forbid that was ever, yeah. <laughs> ever said. The whole football world would explode. What was it? How many goals did Messi have that one year? Wasn't it like 91? Yeah. I don't think anyone ever complained about that. Blows my mind. Like I I guarantee you, like Pep hears this stuff if he's ever listened to you know TikTok or whatever any (laughs) social media. I don't know if Pep's on that stuff, but he'd probably like. What are these? You know, like what's the argument? Is this guy's doing his job? At the end of the day, if you really want to look at it individually. Holland's doing his job. That's all he's doing. He's going to work. He's doing his nine to five. Yeah. He's playing in, he's playing in his time. Last season, City's leading goal scorer had 15 goals and that was KDB. As but a midfielder. As a midfielder. The closest striker would have been, they kind of played Sterling up top, I guess. He had 13. And then the actual striker was Gabriel Jesus, who had eight. So there you go. I would say that's a bit of an upgrade. People just need to appreciate what Holland is doing, give him credit. He's 22 years old. He did it with Salzburg. He did it with Dortmund. He's doing it with City because the argument, oh, he did it in the Farmers League. Now he's here playing in the Prem. He's making everyone else look like children and crushing records that no one thought he would crush. And Mbappe's doing the same thing on his end of things. So people just need to like, let it breathe, let it happen. Uh, like City, City has a chance to win the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Their team is really, really, really good. Yeah. Top to bottom. Look what Pep's built. You hear that, Brett? Brett, I totally respect your opinion. I totally respect your opinion. And I think that anyone, you know, however they feel, it's it's a valid take, right? Like, who am I to say that? This is just how I feel. Yeah. If, if I was an attacking center mid, I'd die to have Holland on my team. Me too. Do you have, you have a football reference on that? How many goals did Robert Lewandowski score in his first season with Barcelona? I know it's a little right bit now different. now he's the leading goal scorer. I even in, think in La, in La Liga, Liga, right? I know it's a little bit different because... Yeah, they're in like a bit of a transitional phase, aren't they? It's 13 right now. Okay. They're not obviously not as strong as City. I was just curious kind of where he's <laughs> Barca at. fans think they are. Uh, Don't get me started on Barcelona fans right now. Oh my, that's another conversation for another time. I, I did not make Barcelona fans happy the other day because I said... Enough, enough with the it's we've only conceded six goals and we're at the top of La Liga. Like enough. There's only three good teams in La Liga. Since 2014, (laughs) the only teams to win La Liga have been Barcelona and Real Madrid, aside from Atletico in in like the most recent years that we saw that win. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Like, and no offense, no offense. The roster that Barcelona has, they should be putting up stats like that. Like, why should I sit here and think that that's impressive? I agree. And I think the thing is, too, is. Yeah, those three. Like, if you look at the Premier League, it's probably just otherwise it's City and Liverpool, I think, and and Leicester. Shout out Leicester. Um, (laughs) But aside from that, at least you've had other teams kind of challenge a little Mm -hmm. bit and like break into that top three and some some changes. Like Chelsea challenged one there, I think. Obviously, like I said, Leicester, Tottenham challenged another year, and then like La Liga is just Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico, and then everybody else just battles for whatever they can get. And teams are just falling off a cliff, like. Valencia is not even close to where they were. Real Sociedad's kind of come on the rise. Bill Bowles getting a little bit better. But yeah, aside from that, like there's no, I think I've, I would argue and I will argue that La Liga is the fourth out of the top five big leagues. For me, it's Premier League, Serie A, Bundesliga, La Liga, Liga. Yeah, I'd agree. 
Yeah. Maybe I might even put the Bundesliga right now ahead of Serie A. I might too. I might. Uh, yeah. Do you know what? I would because yeah. the title race is like crazy. six points. Yeah. Like between. So there's, I saw this stat the other day. Actually. Wolfsburg was like second last or right in the relegation spot of the Bundesliga. Like a few games into the season, maybe six games in. Now there's six points off the top. And yeah. then they're in fifth, right, Brett? Yeah. Yeah. So what's the gap between seventh? What's the gap between Bayern Munich and. There you go. Bayern Munich only just came to the top. Apparently. I know. Remember we were yeah. talking about they were like mid sorry. table at yeah. some point. Did you also see that? So Manuel Neuer is out for the season yeah. for that ski accident. Crazy. Casually just signed Jan Sommer. Like, <laughs> I, I did not even. I, it just, that went absolutely out of nowhere. I just saw him. They posted this like first practice for Jan. I was like, when did this happen? Like I've not seen any news. It's just funny how that happened. But that's what Barcelona, Bayern Munich does is. They just go and buy the best players in Bundesliga and just go win it. I love the Bundesliga. And I mean, yeah. speaking of, let's talk. Can we talk about Gio Reyna right now May for well. Dortmund? I mean, what the hell do you think Burhalter's thinking right now? Yeah, there's. So, uh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so the U.S. scored a total of three goals in four games at the World Cup. And obviously we knew that this was going to be a very inexperienced team, but very young and talented. And as you watch them in the World Cup, you knew that one of the biggest components of the game that they were missing was just that number nine role yep. or essentially a player who could take a quality strike on net and score. Yep. And they were missing that. And you really, really kind of saw that in their game against the Netherlands. I credit Burhalter for helping the U.S. get out of that group stage. But that game against the Netherlands, he was exposed. Like there are so many changes he needed to make. He was out coached by Van Hall. And now you have Gio Reyna, who at the age of 20, has come onto a Champions League team and has scored back-to-back game-winning goals in the span of three freaking days. And Burhalter had this guy sitting on the bench for the U.S. and he played a total of 52 minutes at the World Cup. Yeah. The, um, there was a lot of stories around him at the World Cup. Obviously, I think we already addressed like his dad yes. and Burhalter. Yeah. Nuts, but then there was also stuff that came out about like his work ethic and practice, and apparently he had to like stand up in front of the team and apologize. Like people were not happy about it with him at all. So like, it's weren't like, happy with Geo. Yeah, oh yeah, like people were pissed. Like, apparently, um, what's the right back? Yeldon De- DeAndre Yeldon was like one guy who really spoke up about it and was like, nope, this is not happening. And then I think that's obviously occurred into this, but apparently it did get better, and that was like kind of around. The early stages of the camp, it bled into the first game. Who did they play the first game? Wales, because he barely played, right? And then, so he kind of did that, but then it got better throughout. So it's just good to see that, like, this young guy is, like, figured out his way, like, matured a little bit more and, like, clearly learned from this. And he's back now with Dortmund and performing at the level he's more than capable of. Because at the World Cup, he would have been... 19 i think he just turned 20 in late november so he's a young guy and mistakes happen like i remember there was a bunch of stuff with like wayne rooney when he was a young guy he's just kind of that mentality right like you you against the world and you grow up and you get by it but yeah he's a fantastic football player and there's no place you would really want a young guy to develop than borussia dortmund i agree yeah so let's say there was drama around Gio reyna wouldn't you want to put that aside as a footballer as a manager and let the kid come on and play if he can score you a goal and get you into the next round like it world cup's not the time to like be the hero and Mm. and say you're benched or you know let's let's not play Gio Reyna because he has an attitude problem like that stuff to be figured out with Gio Reyna in my opinion after the world cup and when you've potentially gotten as far as you can as the u.s men's national team program could have at the world cup i mean if he had an attitude problem, that's that's 
unfortunate to hear because he's obviously a good player that the U.S. could have used. But I don't know if it was the time to to make that type of statement for Burhalter. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's definitely both sides. I think if it was like Burhalter just noticed it, it might have been a bit different. But I think it's the fact the players were calling him out, which was the difficult part, I guess you would you could say. But he can't, how many minutes did you play? 52. 52. I think he played like a 30 in one game. So like a big chunk of those came in like one game. So yeah, like, I, I mean, he's got time now to figure it out for yeah. when it's here. But yeah, it's a, it's a delicate situation when you're in that room, right? Like his Berholt is probably like, he's one of my best players, but nobody's happy with him at the same time. So you got to try and balance it, I guess, and please everyone. And also his, his dad on top of it all. Like the Reina family has just been in the headlines yeah. the last couple of months. I hadn't heard of Claudio Reina for probably 10 years. It's like, so true. And then all of a sudden he's just like in this spot, like it showed him at the World Cup. And I was like, oh, I forgot about him. He was he was a really good player when he was at City and Sunderland. And then all of a sudden, all this stuff comes like, holy smokes, that is not what I expected. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just having like, if I was a player and we were in, you know, playing the Netherlands, I'd be like, if I'm upset with Gio Reyna, I want to put my stuff aside. Mm. And if we have an opportunity to score a goal and potentially tie this game, they were the U.S. were down 2 nothing at half. They needed to come out at halftime with a drastic and dramatic change. At that point, put your differences aside and say, Reyna, come on and score a goal. I don't know. I just I feel like for me personally, I would rather move on in the World Cup than feel like hey i'm mad at geo arena so he shouldn't be playing but maybe there is more going on than we know uh, yeah. i just don't know if the world cup's the right place to kind of sort all that stuff out maybe burhalter should have done a better job figuring that out prior to the tournament because if there were issues figure it out before you go to qatar yeah i well i was just lucky here because I, I i i knew he'd played a lot in one game he played 45 minutes against the netherlands and then seven minutes before when did he come on in the, against the netherlands i think it was it was it didn't start so it must have been half time because the so front, he did the, hey the front three was pulisic uh is this game's jose ferreira uh jesus Ferreira, uh, jesus ferreira names i tell you timothy Ware was a starting three and then he came on for um Ferreira in the second start, the second half. Wow. Okay. So Burhalter did do that. Yeah. Eventually he turned his, he's turned his tides on that one. And then, yeah, they brought on like Aronson and whoever else, but yeah, like it took him three games for him to, to like get back on track for Reina. And maybe this was his reward. Or like you said, like Burhalter being like, I got to put all that crap aside and play my best players because we might be out of the world cup here. It's not easy being a manager. No, no, I no. never, I never think it is. And that's why, uh, with all the criticism that Burhalter was facing prior to the World Cup, and we even talked about it on Kicked yep. Back, I, I don't think he has an easy job. And you do have to give him credit for the way he came out against England and and whatnot. So I I don't want to like completely put that all on Burhalter because we don't know what happened. But kudos to him for putting him on the second half. My brain doesn't remember, <laughs> honest to God, what happened uh, last week. So the last thing I remember is Gio Reyna coming on in the second half versus the Netherlands. Yeah, there was well, tons of games every day, right? Like I can, the only thing I remember now is just Harry Kane's ball sailing. Oh man, you pass. think he's still, you think Kane's still thinking about that? If I am, I think he is. Oh for sure. man. Um, sorry, my last comment on the US team. I think it shows what that leadership group was all about those two in that u.s group and the collectiveness they had where they had the balls to kind of get up and be like no like yes you're one of our best players but this is not how you act at the world cup like we're here to do business so that's like i think the guys they spoke about were like walker zimmerman tim ream 
yelled in, and there was one other guy too. I can't remember who it was, but either way, I think it was long maybe, but either way, like it just shows like the mentality this U S team had, where it's like, you are not going to interfere with what you had and you need to kind of learn from that. And I think give them credit too, for, for calling that out. And also just credit to Reina for clearly figuring something out to get 45 minutes against the Dutch too. I absolutely agree with you. And you know, leadership is so important on teams and that type of respect that you have from players who are older, like Zimmerman, you know, like that probably really showed in the locker room for the U S and maybe for Gio Reyna on the other side of things, that was a hard lesson for him to learn. And here he is. And maybe that's something that needed to happen in his career to kind of wake up. Um, Unfortunate for the U S because I'm sure that they could have used him in those games. So maybe just kind of this odd lessons learned situation on both sides. And I'm sure they both have regrets, but the U S is in this really good position because now those young, talented footballers gained experience in Qatar, very similar to what our Canadian team um, kind of went through in terms of like getting that experience. And now the world cup in 2026 is going to be in their backyard. So I'm praying that this U S men's national team program puts their talent in the right hands with a good manager. Um, Cause Burhalter, I think did what he could, but it wasn't good enough on the international yep. stage. So I, I hope that this U S team finds a lot of success in 2026 because their team is so good. Yeah, I think they will. And yeah, I agree. But Halter, I think has taken them as far as they yes. could to his, to his credit. He got the back to the world cup when everyone doubted him during the qualifying, got them to a knockout stage against the Netherlands. Granted, it didn't go that way, but there was moments in that game where it's like, oh, maybe the yeah. U.S. do have a chance in this, especially when they equalize. So, yeah, credit to credit to them. And But yeah, I think big things are coming for the U.S. Yeah. national team. Hope so. Well, they lucked out that they didn't get Fernando Santos as their head coach because oh, yeah, that, you that's Poland. <laughs> that's Poland. And it's so funny. Brett on our screen has is Poland the new Portugal. In terms of generational talent, no. But in terms of coaching, yes. And I don't understand this decision. It's a big move for Poland because typically we we move to Polish national coaches. And I think mm. that our national coach at the World Cup, just it wasn't the right decision for me. The way we played was not the way I like to see football being played ultra defensive. And I like a defensive style of football, but you need to have a good attack with the creativity. And we lacked that immensely at the World Cup. So I'm happy to see... I'm not happy for anyone to lose a job, but I'm happy to see that Poland went in a different direction. Do I think Fernando Santos is the key? No, (laughs) but I hope that I'm proven wrong. Kind of how I felt about Martinez now being the coach of Portugal. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong about Fernando Santos being the coach of Poland. Do you think he can at least take you to like a bit through like a transitional phase, I guess, in a way? Because Lewandowski is going to be done sooner rather than later, right? So that's obviously going to be something that needs to be addressed and figured out. So maybe this is just kind of the the stopgap before the the next generation comes through of Poland. I feel like that's maybe what it is because for me, this doesn't feel like it's a forward move. Obviously, this guy has won the Euros and I think he won the Nations League too or whatever he did there with Portugal. He's got some accolades to him and stuff to back it up but also you watch his teams play like oh man this feels underwhelming Uh, to say the least call me harsh because i had portugal going far in the world cup i think they're such a talented team and call me harsh but there were a couple games especially in the group stage of the world cup where i'm like this team's better than the way that they're playing this is where nathan came on the, the podcast and he said that these players aren't being played in the right position that's what scares me about fernando santos because that's the current problem on this polish national team maybe not positionally but they're not like the players in the positions 
that are on the field, they're not being utilized the way that they should be to find success. So if the goal is to only play the ball to Lewandowski and Lewandowski take on an entire back line by himself, we are never going to do anything. And I just, I don't have a problem again with a defensive style of, in football. If that's pull and strength, you play to your strengths, but there has to be a coach who comes in and actually has this team generate a quality creative attack. And we saw that a little bit Mm -hmm. against France. There were times where Poland kind of caught France off guard, but it was not nearly quality enough. So it's just, I don't know. I'm, it's almost like I'm hoping for the best, expecting the worst. Um, (laughs) I I don't know. I, I really, really hope I'm wrong, but it's just, I don't, I don't get, I don't get this decision at all. I would have way rather seen Gerard. Really? Coach our team. Yeah, that would I would have, have loved to see Gerard coach our team, and I'm pretty sure he was in the running. It feels feels like with Gerard, there's a little bit more belief, I guess is yeah. a good way to put it. Like a, a little bit more optimism <laughs> going into it with like, yeah, we haven't fully seen what Gerard is is fully capable of, I guess, at everything. Like obviously he did well with Rangers, Aston Villa, underwhelming to yeah. say the least. Um I guess speaking of other managers, like Frank Lampard just got sacked too. I know. Which is fair i get it like i've criticized him a lot because i don't think he's very good but also like everton are absolute shambles right now that whole staff on the board is crazy like there was a there was an allegation which was proved to be wrong i was reading about this the so the board is no one likes him right now because they're spending all this money and then like nothing's going into the club or something i can't remember exactly but they're gonna get relegated because of it and a board member claimed that a fan strangled her like outside of a game, like Jeez. attacked her. And then that's why they weren't coming to games anymore. And it was like, she was lying. It was completely wrong. They were just making up like an excuse to not go to the games. And now all this is happening with Everton and they sack Frank Lampard and it's all this stuff. So yeah, that's just, sorry. That reminded me of no, no. the Gerard stuff. So yeah, kind of nuts, but yeah, Fernando Santos. We'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. And same with Martinez, right? Again, I I hope that whoever manages each of these teams finds success and proves me wrong in my opinion and my gut feeling. But um, just kind of if you look at things from the past, a little slightly worrisome. Yeah, and I don't know. I just I don't expect too much from Poland. Like I have actually very realistic expectations, but I do want to see them get better than what they were at the world cup. And I don't know if Fernando Santos is the coach to do that. But again, like I said, hopefully I'm wrong. Your expectations just kind of getting out of a group stage, getting out of the group stage. Yeah. And, or you know what? I I'll take an L like I'll take a a loss. If we play a really good hard game Mm -hmm. where I'm like, wow, look at us pass the ball. Look at us, you know, create, look at, look at Lewandowski being utilized properly. Like he is in Barcelona, like just things like that. Um, but maybe I'm I'm dreaming. I I want I want more for Lewandowski in what could be his last, what which probably will be his last Euro if if they get there. I think the frustrating part, I would imagine from a Polish fans' perspective, is there's always the excuse of like, oh, well, we don't have like enough talent because we're a smaller nation. But then you go and see like Wales do what they did in 2016 mm-hmm. at the Euros, what we just saw Morocco do. Like it's not about like the talent. Well, it obviously is, but it's about like how you play as a team and a yeah. unit. And are you difficult to play against? Like. They have one of the biggest X factors in the world in Robin Lewandowski and just feels like they've never been able to figure out how to put him into the team, which is just crazy. So hopefully like Santos is just 
like tactically minded enough yeah. to like get it done. I believe he probably is. I just don't think it's going to be very fun to watch is yeah. my big thing. But so you know what? We, we'll I know see. that Lewandowski headlines this Polish team, but we also have other guys. Like who am I thinking Me- about? Milik is a good yes, one. Yes, exactly. That's exactly. I was like, what's his name at Juve? Milik. Yeah. You have Szczęsny, who's our goalie, who is yeah. probably goalkeeper of the tournament prior, like by the time and you know, got yeah. kicked out. Um, Lewandowski, you have Zielinski at Napoli, Piontek, who, you know, balled out for AC Milan. They just, they have, I'm not saying the best guys in the world, but they have better players than what people think. It's just, you don't see them and you don't see yeah. that quality and that's what's unfortunate. But anyways, it is what it is. <laughs> Let's finish on... Um, I just really want to give Arsenal fans a shout out who are are listening to this pod because Arsenal and their game against United, because it was such a good game, in my opinion, really solidified this alpha mentality of like, no one's going to touch us in the standings. They're like, we're a championship team and this is why. It was uh, it was very impressive and overall just a fantastic match. I agree from United and Arsenal. They both put on a great display. I, I wish Casemiro played. I, I really wish he did, just so it could be that full thing. Brad's looking at me side eyed right now, but like you said, like United, uh, sorry Arsenal, just don't want to lose games, and I'm convinced they might never lose a game again this season. Like the way they've just been able to just incorporate Eddie and Ketian into oh, their so system good. with uh, Jesus out and like. Saka, the confidence he's playing with. Like I saw yes. a question the other day and he's like, who are you taking, Saka or Rashford? And I mean, it's close, but I also don't think it's close at all. I think it's Saka every day of the week. I think he's just the guy right now. And he's on, the, like you said, a championship level team. And everyone's just buzzing on that team right now. It is unbelievable. And I love Aaron Ramsdale. I think he's just so fun. Like just such a character of the game. And you need that. And I, yeah, I just Arsenal is just that mentality of like, you got to believe now they are they're legit they are legit and i i'm surprised it's taken all of us so long to just accept the fact that Arsenal have a good team well you had said it out from the beginning yeah. of the season so you've always believed in them it's just interesting how premier league fans like just have only come them. to like realization now that it's happening yeah um i saw an interesting conversation on tiktok liam i wanted to ask you about this english fans were saying that Saka is the closest that england will ever get to a Lionel messi uh yeah i guess i mean right right now i think that's the fair comparison my other argument would be Foden. yeah but i think they're both just as talented as each other which is just a credit to english football at the moment and the talent they have and the fact eddie and ketian is like an english striker banging in goals too like if he carries on you'd have to imagine he probably gets a call up soon but that's a fun little comparison i mean it's always fun to say oh this guy's the next messi like will they ever be i don't know if there'll be another messi but like He's definitely, what is he, Brett? Like 23, I think. Yeah. Like, so, man, he's got such a fun career. 21. Hell yeah. Yeah, they were definitely, not, they weren't saying like um, that he compares to Messi where he's going to be Messi, but they said that this is the closest that England will get to a type of player in terms of skill set. Yeah. Like, like the closest they could get is Saka. Yeah, that's probably fair. I guess the more I think about it, just the way he is with his feet, he can play either side, he probably play down the middle too if he needed to. He's just very, he's kind of short too. He's mm-hmm. not like a big frame. So I'm excited for him. I'm excited just for the, for this Arsenal team and to have some different juice in the Premier League flowing again. And like, it felt so good, which is going to be weird to say, to see like a really competitive United Arsenal match that truly oh, mattered. It was so good. We haven't seen that for 
10 years plus maybe like i remember when the united stopped arsenal's 49 game uh non-losing streak whatever it's called and it was unbelievable and i that was probably one of the last few times that like i'm sure a lot of united and arsenal fans can back me up and i said like that felt like a meaningful yeah. match and now here we are in 2023 20, holy smokes um talking about these two teams competing for a title again I, the Premier League is back. The it's Premier it's League, so good. The, the image of the Premier League is back. <laughs> I was thinking the other day how I keep thinking Portugal's this, you know, super generational team that's going to be unbelievable in the years to come. But then I was like, England can't be forgotten in that conversation yeah. because if anything, I think you guys are even a little bit more because uh, the pool of players that you guys have right now that we saw a little bit in Qatar, but just that are dominating. Like Jude Bellingham, everyone's keeping their eyes on what what's happening. And then you got Saka and Foden, you know, just the, the players that are up and coming in England if I were an English fan, I'd be so excited because it's just kind of, you know, you guys might go to an, another level, hopefully, and win oh, win a tournament. I hope so. That's got to be the expectation. for It's like, yeah, it's it, got to be the expectation. I think since the 2018 World Cup performance from England, like the expectation yeah. is, is taking it to another level and the talent keeps getting better. So, yeah, like hopefully... Tamori can probably get his, his name right. into yep. the lineup as like a replacement for Harry Maguire eventually. I think Ramsdale and Pickford are really going to battle out on Nick Pope too. So like, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of good stuff going on in England right now. Finish off. Shout out to United because honestly, I I'm in awe of how freaking good they are. Bruno Fernandez still drives me nuts. Guy still drives me yeah. absolutely up the wall, but he does his job. So you have to give him credit because that's what he's he knows he's he's an emotional player and he's pissing people off and you have to give him credit. But Casemiro, like you said, was missed against Arsenal. And I think Barcelona, if they don't bring their A game and let's say they only solely rely on Lewandowski to score, they're going to have a hard time beating this United team. I'm going to go over to Colbert when Barcelona and United come up and put all my money on United to beat Barcelona. I don't think it's even close, to be honest. Like. I mean, Talk to me all I you agree. want about what Barcelona's doing. United's doing it in the best league in the world. I agree. I completely agree. I actually got a couple of cool bet things if you okay, want to cool. close out yeah. on that. Yeah, we'll close off on that. So last week, I said West Ham would win. That was a good one. I also said, you may remember, I said the United-Arsenal game would be 3-2. Did you really? I did. For I, did. I think I said Arsenal. Arsenal. I did. I did say that. I said there would be, so my exclusive bet was over three and a half goals. And then, lo and behold, they have it. What was it? Five, I guess. Three plus two, five. Yeah. Everyone listen to Liam and put your money on what he says because you're going to win some. So FA Cup this weekend in England. So I've I've gone overseas a little bit further. <laughs> I couldn't believe this odds, to be honest. Napoli is only minus 130 to beat Rome at home. Yeah. Napoli is the one of the best teams in the absolute world right now. I, like, I just don't see how they can be undervalued so much. Like the other teams that were in there, like there was... Uh, like minus 200 and some of the other games for like Milan and Inter and stuff like that. It's like Napoli, then the number one team, not just to disrespect Rome, but I just, I feels like free money to be honest. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So then the other one I went to, I came back, back home for this one, Brighton versus Liverpool. So Liverpool obviously struggling a lot this season. Premier League is out of reach. Sorry to if you don't like hearing that Liverpool fans, but that's the truth. I think they're going to go all in on the on the FA Cup now, maybe even the Champions League to that extent. But Liverpool plus 150 away at Brighton. I get it. Brighton's a good team. 
But I just feel like Liverpool, again, is going to want to go out and win a trophy this year. And the FA Cup is going to be one of the biggest opportunities yeah. to do it. So I think it might be a good one to go with. Plus 150 on Liverpool. I'm not sure what squad they'll run out. I imagine it may be a little bit weaker, but why are you smiling? Oh, no, I'm Oh, okay. I thought you were smiling at my thing. So, yeah. I like that, though, because I even think in the Champions League, they're going to do better than expected because they're having a little bit yep. of a rough time in the Prem. So, I think that, like you said, if they can compete for something else, they will. And it's just, I would never kind of, as much as, you know, Liverpool, it kills me what Liverpool's done this season. And, and you know, we we take our jabs at, at the team. I wouldn't ever sleep on them yeah. in these in these games. You can't write them off. They exactly. have too much talent exactly. to, to write them off. So, yeah, I guess to conclude, my Powered by Cool Bet picks, Napoli minus 130 at home against Rome in Syria, and then Liverpool plus 150 away at Brighton in the FA Cup. Amazing. There you go. There you have it, folks. <laughs> Guys, let us know what you think. Put your money on everything that Liam just said because <laughs> he'll win money for you. And thanks for listening and watching Kick Back. Thanks, guys. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 